Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. I am Morning Dan, and with me, as always, to talk about all of the wonder, joy, and and coherent stuff of women's cycling is my good friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm all right. Yeah, we haven't done a podcast where Dan's got out of bed before before he goes to work, poor man, for ages. So you have to forgive him if he's a little bit slow and tired. Oh, yeah, worse Daniel. worse than that is that like I'm just naturally not a morning person, and and so in the spirit of not getting up as long as possible, I also haven't had coffee. Oh. Um, this is going to be challenging. But <laughs> what we gonna we wanted to just tell you what we're going to do in this podcast because in this last week there has been an absolute ton of stuff, like huge amounts of racing. We've had the three Drenta races, we had the Omni van Hagelands, Tielt Winger. Um, and there was also all kind of sorts of things like the CIRC report and various stuff about wages mm. in the women's peloton and about the new world tour. So what we're going to do is we're going to split this into two weeks. And this week we're going to talk about the racing. And then next week, when there's less racing about, we're going to talk about CIRC, the drug stuff, the sexual abuse stuff, wages, all of that yeah. stuff. So we can give it a proper go. But today it's all racing all the time. Um yeah. Except for except for when it's not, which may involve <laughs> jokes or drinking or who knows what. But yeah, no, Sarah's Sarah's totally right. There's there's so much. I was like, everyone chose this week to put out their their complex issues based stuff, um, which is great. And Sarah's already written an awesome post on our site, um, prowomenscycling.com, uh, sort of alluding to some of the issues raised by the CIRC report. And we'll get into that, as she says, in more detail next week because I think it, it deserves a longer hearing. But racing, oh, my God, there's been so much this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. So last time we spoke to you, it was Saturday at the Strada Bianchi. Um, oh, wasn't that great, Dan? Oh man, I, honestly, uh, just it, it is the instant classic, isn't it? You know, one edition and those white chalky roads and race. Oh yeah. Yeah, and in fifty-one weeks we'll be back there again. But then on Sunday, <laughs> we were in the Netherlands, in in Belgium, and this was for the Omelette van Hageland, which is also known as Tielt Winger. Um, this was the first race in the Lotto Cycling Cup, which, as we told you last last week, is a series of eight races that have eight day races in Belgium um, that, that that work towards a series. And they're really good fun races. They're like, you know, cobbly and Belgian-y and really tough. And they're always they're always great. And it's it's they've got bigger and bigger in, I guess, in worth in recent years. They used to not be UCI registered and now they are UCI registered. I think they're all one point one this year. And we're gonna talk about it briefly, but there are some videos and stuff that you can see on our site, prowomenscycling.com. And it was one of those races where you've got a and we got a breakaway that nearly, nearly, nearly gets there but got caught. And it got caught, and it was won by Yolene Dora of Wiggle Honda with Chantal Black second, and Sarah Mustanen of Lufthansa third. And yeah, it's it's like, oh, that's a nice win. And Yolene winning in Belgium is wonderful because she's the Belgian national champion, and and yeah. I kind of get the impression that she's going to be a rider who helps. I don't know, the Belgian media can really latch onto. Um, she won two rounds of the Track World Cup last year, um, it, the 2014-15 season, um, in the Omnium. And she's very, she's this very young, um, young, young talent, very, very fun rider. So and, you're suggesting that maybe she, she's the Philippe Gilbert of the women's peloton. I, I don't know. I, it's just she. I've interviewed her in the winter, and if you want to listen to it, please do. Uh, but in the in when I interviewed her, she's saying that one of the things was that 
she stepped up last year quite significantly. She's saying it's because she finally stopped doing her part-time university degree. And, you know, she really enjoyed doing the degree, but she had, but she's now got basically more time to recover. So it's not so much more time to train, but more time to recover and relax and not to stress about things. And that, that's interesting to me because, you know, obviously one of the things that I talk about a lot is riders who combine their cycling career with other things like university and things like that. But yeah, it's interesting. And and so I think, you know, maybe Chloe Hosking, who celebrated Strade Bianchi you know that was when she finished her her university degree maybe she'll she'll have a bit of a step up as well this year which would be fun well Chloe certainly you know off to a strong start to the season with a bunch of top tens and and whatnot for herself so yeah, yeah. you know uh, touch wood yeah so we then moved to from Belgium to the Netherlands, the three Drenthe races. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't help but laugh and move from Belgium to the Netherlands and, and then equate that to Australian terms where it's like going from, from my place to work. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not even getting to central Sydney, is it? <laughs> it's barely crossing a couple of suburbs. It's <laughs> so they crossed a couple of suburbs in Australian terms, but you know, in European terms, they moved countries. <laughs> God, Australians, you always have to prove that you're bigger and better, don't you? I know we have we we do have a real inferiority complex. It's why we drink. So. No, that's why you need to drink. That's why you know because you drink, you have an inferiority complex because everything you do. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> she says. You say cause, I say effect, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so the three Drenta races, it's the Drenta region, and it's it's a really, I know I ramble on about this, but they've got tons of racing throughout the week. That's um, They have an under-23 men's race, they have, uh, a men, they have uh, elite men's races, and then they have three women's races. And... You know, we we bang on about these races because they're gorgeous. The you know the cobbles that are basically just boulders chucked off a truck so that farm vehicles can get down the road. That they're kind of under woods so they're mossy and damp and got really sharp edges. You know, we talk about the hill that's man-made out of landfill and gets bigger every couple of years. You know, and mm. um, and I interviewed Chantal Black about about the races before they start, and she's saying, well, actually, the cobbles and the hill aren't the biggest deal. The biggest deal is the fact that the roads are so narrow and there's some very sharp corners leading into the cobbles and the hill and that's what the race is for. You know, you almost have to get to those... You, the race to the obstacles is almost harder than the obstacles. Yeah, yeah. You're getting through those choke points. And we've talked before about how races can sometimes, you know, especially for an individual rider, really hinge on positioning in those moments. And it's not even necessarily their fault. You know, the rider in front of them may make a mistake, but that holds them up just enough to miss a split or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, so, yeah, so, I mean, the Drenzeracht is called that because it's in a figure of eight. And this is the one that doesn't go over the hill, but it still has cobbles. And it's kind of a warm-up race for the World Cup. And, you know, again, we've said this before, it's quite nice that they have a warm-up race for the World Cup because it means everyone's a little bit less stressed and anxious about riding on these roads. So, yeah, uh, I find it really hard to talk about this race because if you've paid any attention to cycling news, you'll know what happened to the cycling, to news of cycling. You'll know what happened, which was there's a breakaway group of eight. It's mm-hmm. coming down to a bunch sprint with Bronzini charging down the front. And suddenly a spectator's hand hits Lauren Roney, uh, Australian rider from Velocio Sram, at 50 metres to go, and she just uh, and just topples her bike 
and Io Shenzo. And it's quite a scary video because you're looking at it and going, oh my fucking God. And she luckily only, and I say this in really inverted commas, she only got away with a, only had a broken collarbone. Mm. But it, it was just shocking because it, it looks like the guy caught her on purpose. Yeah, and it's it's a deeply complicated issue because there's, there's like that really primitive primal part of me that's just like lock me in a room with him for three minutes. Uh, fucking that's all it'll take. You know, like it, it looks, it is so hard to see that video and not interpret it as a, a deliberate event. You know, moments before the guy's hand isn't there or if it's the same person, their hand is, is casually slapping the barriers and then withdrawn and then it shoots out and catches that handlebar and you know, you can't know the exact circumstances without multiple camera angles and witnesses and, and possibly even comment from the person themselves exactly what was happening. Maybe they had a moment's panic and were trying to pull their arm back or some other charitable reading of the event. But I find it very difficult to watch that that video and not believe that someone deliberately did something absolutely awful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they found him. They found him because the thing was, one of the things, like, this is why the Ronda Van Drenta, by the way, is so good because no one knew that it had happened until the video was put out by Arte Van Drenta. Um, and immediately the race organisers found it. They immediately said, right, we're going to investigate this. We don't know what's happened. We're going to investigate it. And they, you know, went to the hotel to find Lauren. Um, Lauren was has been flown to Hamburg to have her sh- her collarbones set because, um, mm. well, I mean, I think that's partly because the team's German, you know, the team's German and Ronnie Lauke, yes, went with her and... Yeah, and and they've had other athletes, you know, in in Lauren's account, because she's written her version of the story on Cycling Tips, um, you know, the the team sent other riders to that hospital in Hamburg, so they've sort of got history there and and know it and and all of that sort of thing. Yeah, but it was kind of, so anyway, um, apparently the guy came forward today. Oh really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And um, which is interesting because I mean, because the thing is, is the guy came forward and said, "Hey, I didn't do it on purpose." And there's a load of people going, "Look, look, of course, you know, I told you he didn't do it on purpose." The guy says he didn't do it on purpose. It's like, yeah, but you're not. Yeah, well, exactly. If if you are the kind of person who's likely to do something like that on purpose, are you also the kind of person who's likely to be truthful to a fault? Yeah. Well, apparently he yeah. said because the thing is, is they're shooting. What I don't understand is, is, is anyone who's been to a bike race, and this is in Drenta, there's loads of bike races. You don't get to stand at the barriers at 50 you know 50 meters to go if you're a casual fan and in, in drenton mm. do you know what i mean and it was yeah. so fast and he, and he was facing them because it's a sprint it's a bunch of sprint they're a group right together you know lauren was just behind georgia bronzini and he says oh well i i turned to talk to my son and my hand must have come up off the barrier and i didn't feel it happen and i'm really upset and sorry now I don't yeah. think that he planned to do it, but I think I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I would. I don't want to think. This is my bottom line: is I don't want to think someone tried to do that on purpose. So I am happy to believe it was an incredibly stupid accident. The thing is, even if it is an incredibly stupid accident, it's an incredibly stupid accident. Oh my god! How can you do that? Like, like mm. they're, they're mm. coming at you at a top top sprinting. They're super. This is the other thing that I don't get: is they're coming so fast that. If George has come come past him, he doesn't really have time to look and then then turn around to you know pull his hand up like that without spotting it because they're so fast they're right there right in front of mm, you. Mm. You know this isn't like a you know it's not like um, I don't know there's a massive great big bunch and you accidentally happen to do it because the the leaders passed you three seconds ago. This is a bunch. This is a sprint. You know. Yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah so i mean lauren's piece was fantastic um on cycling tips she... well, like, just super balanced i was really impressed by the the poise you know where she's acknowledging her anger and pain how she immediately knew that her collarbone was broken that she was worried that it was really bad that it pierced the skin and then the the scan showed that it almost had and um all of that sort of stuff but then i i just absolutely love the way she finishes it yeah, yeah, she's good. So I've got it open here. Which bit? Which bit? Shall I, where should I start it from? So it's. I mean, it's nasty, nasty bits to see. So she's. So she's talking about. Um, you know, that she hadn't known that she that what had happened because she said she thought maybe Georgia had done something that caused the crash, but she didn't know. And it's yeah, kind like of. It well, it's that classic sprint thing, you know, like pretty much any sprint crash, you, the sprinters always tell you at first. Yeah, I was racing along, and then I was on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and and that's pretty much what she she says. And then you know it wasn't um, until much later that she actually saw the footage. And in the meantime, she'd had text messages and and you know other messages from from all sorts of people who'd seen the footage by then. Her coach Greg Henderson, who um, who had finished his Paris Nice stage and and seen that, and then. Um, her her dad and and other friends and and stuff all getting in touch and and so it, it's interesting that side of it too that that one of the great ironies I suppose uh, that that Lauren doesn't or she touches on but doesn't go into detail about is that for once we had footage of yeah. <laughs> of that part of the race yeah 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 and so, that, so yeah. there is video to dissect yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So this is something that she says in the end of her piece on cycling tips, Ella cycling tips. She says, um, "Amid all my anger and confusion and disappointment, my spirits have been kept high by the amazing outpouring of support. The sense of community that I always feel within cycling has been taken to a new level. I've had everyone message me, particularly everyone in Girona. They're saying if you need someone to pick you up from the airport, if you need someone to cook for you, if you need help with anything, just let me know." Uh, my coach, Greg, has been great. He's already thinking of a plan of how to get me back as soon as possible. He's sending me goals so I have things to look forward to in the early part of my recovery. You know, people break bones all the time in cycling. It's part of the game. I think under the circumstances, that's a bit more crappy. It's a horrible enough, horrible thought to think that it could be intentional. Why would someone do that so people are extra sympathetic? Whatever the reason, it makes me feel lucky in a way. It's just amazing that the cycling community has been incredible. I'm just so grateful to have this, such a fantastic network around me. It makes me happy to be part of it all. Mm. And that's that's the thing that really blows me away. And, you know, a hat off to, to Lauren that she can find a, such a strong, warm, positive thing um, in the middle of that uh you know, particularly because, you know, she she starts that story by talking about how she and the team had been riding really well. Yeah. And, you know, it's the first day of three days of racing and the next day is the first World Cup of the season and she's now ruled out of it. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So quick, quick, speedy, full recovery to Lauren, please. Yeah. Now, the other thing that's annoying, so the other thing that's interesting about this is this went viral pretty straight away. And, um, and I, I, I find it quite interesting because someone sent me the video, so I put it out. And then within about five minutes, everyone, like lots and lots of people had seen it. And I kind of know mm. that that's what my Twitter's about. But, um, you know, there's some people like, you know, cycling tips, like cycling tips Ella, who are like hat tip Sarah. Um, I was like, oh, I had to Cuba Benelli because Cuba Benelli sent it sent it to me. Um, but then you have all the people who kind of, oh my god, I've just found this, and you're like, yeah, you just found it by looking at my Twitter, you fuckwit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't mean that. Really. Not not that you're bitter at all. It's not the individuals. You know what? It's not the individuals that that bother me. It's the it's kind of the people who are. 
um, you know, who are kind of cycling media, I guess, who kind of do that sort of thing. And you're like, yeah, you know, would it really kill you to just RT it rather than pretending you'd like been trawling <laughs> RTV Drenthe for it? And oh my God, look what I found. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like that made me laugh. And that's me being a bit bitter. But the thing I wanted to say is that it's such a shame that it happened because the race was fantastic. And mm. I'm always torn about these things because... On the one hand, it gets in inf- information about women's cycling, and that sprint was fantastic, and it was, you know, obviously a great race. But you kind of think, God, I wish I could make everyone who watched the crash video also watch the nine-minute race video. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I know, I know, it doesn't work like that, but yeah. Well, but you know, it's the classic thing, isn't it? That like, of the the thousands or millions or dare I say, billions of people who've seen the crash video. Now, um, you know, a, a statistically potentially small, but, but you know, meaningful amount of those will develop an interest in cycling, you know. Yeah. Um, and and hopefully that's another, another good thing. I found it interesting that stuff like um, that, so from that morning, my time, I had this message from you, oh, my God, you've got to watch this bit of video. And, um, and I, <laughs> I was like, I'm at work, can't watch it. <laughs> too, <laughs> yeah, too busy. And then, and then, like you, my Twitter started loading up, and I was like, oh, shit, I've really got to watch that. So I grabbed a coffee and, and stuck 10 minutes. Well, you know, luckily I've got my own office now, so I kind of, you know, just turned my monitor and watched it. And I was like, holy shit. And about three hours later, it was on the homepage of our largest newspaper's website, like on the basic, you know, the digital equivalent of the front paper, um, and and was national headline news here for the yeah. day, uh, which was very interesting too because cycling almost never gets a look in. Like, you know, we last time we had coverage like that was when Cadell won the tour. So, um, yeah. <laughs> It's it's interesting what you know. It's, it's that old adage, isn't it? If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I did want to say is um, Ineyoko Arteve Genta, who I think have had like this massive. Yeah, they, I think they're possibly going to be showing the race again next year because they had a huge ton of hits. You know, their videos being shown mm. around the world. But they also interviewed Ineyoko Teutenberg, who's out there with Olasio Strand, and she's very German, very mad for fact. I don't think it was deliberate. People would have to be stupid. If it was, I think he should be hit. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. you know, I'm scared. So, yeah. So, yeah, so it was a wonderful race with Georgia Bronzini won and Valet Scandalara came second. Hurrah for Valet with Annemiek van Vleuten third, um, which, you know, for Bigler. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting thing because while the Drenthe Acht is, is, you know, it's like I say, it's a warm up race, it still signals intent for the Ronde van Drenthe, the first World Cup of the season. Mm, mm. and you know it's a long race it's 138 kilometers it's got i think it's three or four major sections of these weird cobbles it's got three climbs of the vanberg the mountain made of rubbish it's a rubbish mountain (laughs) (laughs) you could just say it's a dutch mountain (laughs) it's a great joke it works on so many levels (laughs) Are are you dissing the cowberg young man (laughs) <laughs> I tell you what, we'll go there. You can well, all the I'm saying is, at the moment, there's a bit of there's a there's a there's a fractious relationship between the Dutch and Australians, and it'll take some time to heal. That's all I'm yeah. saying. So I'm just saying. So when we get, well, we should go to the Netherlands. And I can send you up various climbs over the Valkenburg Ridge, and then you can dis then you can dis Dutch mountains. 
No, I'll probably more likely just stand around at the bottom and just touch beer. So, be like, be like, be like, wish I was in Belgium right now. Yeah, well, yeah, and everyone in the world will look at you and go, an Australian talking about beer. Yeah, yeah. I know all about beer. It's great. Yeah, you're, it's fizzy, isn't it? Um, depends on the type. That would be, yeah, okay. Um, so Ronda Van Drenta, um, what was the best thing about Ronda Van Drenta, Daniel? Oh, wow. Um, all of it. No, but, but mostly, mostly that we could watch it. There were three different streams of the Ronda Van Drenta just on from three different Dutch TV stations. There was um, the Arteve Drenta, which was the biggest one. There was also Teve Oost and also NOS, the national national TV station. And it was shown live on Arteve Drenta as well, um, mm. which was just amazing. I mean, the thing is, we Arteve Drenta, these local Dutch channels are not the biggest, um, biggest TV stations. Yeah. So when it was shown on L1 um, in, in previous years, we have tended to overload the servers. But it was just fantastic. Three different streams, Daniel. Three different streams. That was pretty good. That was definitely... It was definitely convenient for me because I started on the RTV Drentha uh, stream and that one was just, like, you know, taking such a long time to make it all the way to the other side of the world um, <laughs> that I had to swatch, switch streams mid-race. So um, it was convenient for me that there was a choice. Absolutely. Yeah, it was just it's just so luxurious to watch it, you know, and to be able to say, and it's an interesting race. Um, so you start off with the cobbles, and the cobbles basically do their job of blowing the race, you know, blowing the race apart and get it, you know, getting it going. Then you mm. have so they start off. They do the first climb over the Vanberg first, and they do a long loop which has all the cobbled sections. Then they go over the van again a loop round through Hugovine, then the van again. And then last time they'd go back to Hugovine, but this year they've put another 9.7 kilometre uh, loop of the town in um, at the end, which, you know, I know you have feelings about the um, the, the last climb being um, 28 kilometres away as opposed to uh, 17 kilometres away. Oh, no, sorry, 19 kilometres away. Well, look, I just think... I just think that that you know additional distance is enough that it changes the the nature of the race, um, and I, I don't mean that is necessarily bad, but it just it does change the way that you can expect the finish to work, particularly the first year that they run that different um, course because it means everyone's probably more likely to be a little bit more conservative, and I think we did see that play out on the day. Yeah. Say that we had a bit of not an argument about this because Dan and I never argue. Um, never. We never fight. Never fight. Never have a crossword. Never interrupt each other. Never talk over each other. Never ever go. You don't know what you're talking about. I've only been following this sport for three minutes. Shut up. <laughs> never. <laughs> because because we both have Twitter and other people do that for us. <laughs> So, so Dan and I had a bit of an argument about this, but my counterpoint is that this race has finished in all sorts of different ways in over the years. Yeah, we've had um, solo wins, we've had wins from a small group, we've had you know two up sprints, we've had bunch sprints, you know, and it's completely unpredictable. So my thesis is that that actually it doesn't really matter because it'll be different every time anyway. It's a bit like the Open to Sved Vigorda, anything can happen in it, and it's so exciting. So. Well, true, and look, I have to admit, I was possibly a little bit bitter still, um, because you know, 
the the disappointment of Lauren's um, accident, and then also with the the developments on the road in that particular edition, I have to admit, I I was I was you were so funny. I was so nationalistically grunty. and 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 emotionally involved in a particular outcome, which, you know... But you, but without giving us away, he was so grumpy, and then he was happy at the end, which made me laugh. And <laughs> so, the first climb of the van, uh, Lizzie Armitstead charged over it um, with Elisa Longo-Borghini and, and that, that behind her. And, yeah, and that was quite interesting, because obviously last year... Um, Anna van der Breger and Iris Slappendel had been allowed to get away um, between the two van climbs, which was bizarre because they're both from the same team. And so you had Ellen pushing these massive, massive turns to get Lizzie on the bottom of the van first, and Lizzie exploded up the van. Yeah, so you have the first time over the van, mm. and that breaks up the race. Um, that you know that that kind of drops people. And then the second time over the van, Lizzie does it again, and she's leaving, but she has Lisa Brenauer right on her wheel, or will not go on her wheel. Gets down to the bottom, and she's doing that like arm the arm flick. Your turn, Lisa, and Lisa's going ah uh-uh, ah, not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> And they get caught by 17 riders, and they've got this group of 17. Well, they have a group of 17, but who's come over the top? And this group has people like, I mean, it's got quite a lot of sprinters there, because you've got Chloe Hosking, Yolene Dora um, from Wiggle Honda, with two of their teammates, Elisa Longo-Borghini and Audrey Cordon. And the other big sprinter you've got is Kirsten Vild. And they're sitting there going on Twitter going, right, this group is going to attack like mad women to drop Kirsten, because, you know, Kirsten, she's an amazing sprinter. But then Kirsten punctures in one of these tiny little narrow lanes um, where she has to wait and wait and wait, not only for other parts of the peloton to pass her, but also for her team car to get to her because it's like, you know, it's like a one car wide lane. She's, oh, yeah. gutting. I, I, she, she took off her wheel waiting for a new wheel. And I was so surprised she didn't have a wheel toss because I would have just been like, ah! Um, <laughs> I would have just been so, so yeah. unhappy. Or, or if you'd been a male cyclist, you just would have thrown the whole fucking bike because, you know, they're spoiled and can afford that sort of shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have enough bikes in the women's peloton to do that. No, Although, definitely not. Definitely can't. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all women's contracts include some sort of clause yeah. <laughs> about not... not Bikes. Yeah. The trouble is with Kirsten, because she's Dutch, she's like every Dutch person in the world, seven foot tall. And um she's so she can't like she can't like take a teammate's bike because not everyone on the team, you know, she's she's right. <laughs> Norwegians may be Viking like, but they're not they don't they you know then they, they don't tend to the seven foot tall. So someone like Kirsten Vild or Ellen van Dyke, well actually on the other end of the scale, your Valentina Scandalaras and your Emma Pooley of blessed memory, um, they can't use other people's bikes. Basically you wanna be about five foot four, I think, and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got these 17 riders and they've got four from Wiggle as I said they have um, three each from Bowles so Lizzie Armitstead, Alan Van Dyke, Chantal Black you've got three from uh, Specialised Lululemon because you've got Barbara Gorishi who's also another great sprinter Lisa Brunara and Tiff Cromwell um, you've got Roxanne Kanateman and Lucinda Brand from, from Rabo. And then you've got four solo riders, Annemiek van Vleuten, Elena Cecchini, Emma Johansson and Amy Peters. And you're like, mm. oh, fuck, that's a bit that's a bit problematic for those big for those big, you know, for those for those teams and especially someone like Emma. And indeed, you end up with a breakaway, which was um, Knateman from Knateman from Rabo, Longo Borghini from Wiggle, Wiggle. Uh, Chantal Black from Bowles, and Tiff Cromwell from Velocio. And oh, I did just say specialised Lululemon just then, but I mean Velocio SRAM. I will get it right by the time they change their name <laughs> at the end of the season. 
That is always the way it goes with name changes. This is the point in the race where I started to get frustrated, though, because that was a good that was a good group. That was a, a good, and they got out to about thirty seconds. Yeah. Um. And and it looked to me like if they'd worked together, they could have stayed away. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, and and it didn't look like they'd have to do much more work than they did to actually form that that little bit of a break um, to stay away, but it just kind of didn't work out that way. Yeah, yeah, because the thing is, is when you've got behind you a group of twelve, but out of those twelve, only four riders are solo riders or individual riders. You you kind of find and they're talking about Amy Peters of Lift Plantour pushing 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 to try and catch them and you're like ha ha you know this this break they're all classics riders they're all attackers they're going to start attacking each other any minute this is brilliant and then they were about twenty five seconds at ten k to go and bearing mm. the last bearing in mind the last lap is nine point seven kilometers they got caught just within the first couple of hundred metres of the last lap. Well, that, that was the thing, and, and that was where I was getting a bit annoyed because it was obvious pretty quickly that they were, were not only not working seriously to stay away, but they, at some point, had just given up. Um, well, I don't know what to, they, I mean, they, they went from They went from a 30-second lead to within less than a kilometre down to a 15-second lead and then were caught, you know, within that, that first lap and... and um, that first little bit, and it, yeah, I, I was irritated by that because obviously, and I admit my bias here, but I, I had hoped that I would, I would get to witness with a live video stream, um, Tiff Cromwell winning her first World Cup. Yeah, and, but you and also, that didn't happen. I was, I so, was quite yeah. hoping that Chantal Black would win, seeing as I just interviewed her. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, my point being that, that I, I, you know, Sarah says I was grumpy and I was, but it was because the race wasn't going according to my whim, um, yeah. which seems which seems rather unfair. Yeah. But... Can we, should, let's, let's just talk about how the race ended and then we'll come back to that because I think the trouble, the, the interesting thing about this is these decisions happen in context, don't they? Because Elisa mm. was very, 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 very clearly not working for in the group and was not prepared yeah. to work. And then others were, I mean, I think Tiff tried to get, you know, tried to get other people to work, but there's just like, and one of those things is that classic group of four, we saw it in the world champs, we see it all over the place, where if you have four riders working together, the, the, the problem is you could be that rider who works to get away, but there's only three spots on the, on the podium. But there was, you know, but basically Lisa was like, nah, not working, there's, there's, I'm, I'm riding for, I'm working for some behind me. And so when they were caught by the group of 12, that was one thing. But then they were caught by the chasing group as well, the second chasing yeah, group. Yeah. And that included Georgia Bronzini and Kirsten Veald. And we're like, oh, right, bunch sprint, Kirsten's going to win. And while that would have been, you know, satisfying because she'd been out of the, out of the race with a, with a, you know, with a, with a puncture, it was kind of like, oh, my God, I can't believe those four have thrown it away. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and that, was, that was the source of my frustration was like, you know, I, I mean – it's that thing. Like I would, I would choose to lose a four-up sprint every day of the week over over you know a seventeen-up or or as it turned out because Alex Chipolini did a huge job to bring that second group back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like a, a full bunch sprint, and and so Sarah's kind of simultaneously laughing at me. Ha ha, Dan, you're wrong. Suck on that. Um, and then going and I, you know, sort of to torment and tease me in that in that special way that she always does. So what do you want to have happen now? <laughs> and I was I was sulking, I admit, and so I was like, I just want something interesting. I just want something unexpected. Yeah, and what actually <laughs> and what actually happened was 
it had all been part of a Wiggle Honda plan because they executed the most incredibly perfect lead out with mm. Elisa Longo Borghini hitting it so fucking hard, like going from not working at all to right, rah! And then Chloe powering up, taking over, on taking over, and behind her, Yolene Dora um, charging past to win just so much time for celebration, just so happy. Really cunning plan, worked perfectly. So you look back and you go, right, well, yeah, yeah, Lisa wasn't working because they had a team plan. And it worked. But, but mm. you know, but had Kirsten won, you'd just be sitting there going, what were those four teams thinking? Massively good win for, for Yolene. Really, really special and a really good piece of teamwork. And I have to say that in the morning... Um, Rochelle had emailed because I I I you know, I'd asked Rochelle something and she emailed back saying Rochelle Gilmore, the um boss of Wiggle Honda, and she keeps on your hat but Yolene's gonna win today. <laughs> it, it clearly clearly they you know, had the plan and executed it and and it worked out brilliantly, you know, and even down to um Chloe continuing on with her sprint for fifth. Um, you, you know, it was just it was just a dominant display of of what's possible when Absolutely. you've got the right plan and it all comes together. Yeah, it was amazing. Know. So um, the the big the big um sort of well you know unfortunate moment for Wiggle obviously was earlier in the race when Amelia Fallin had been taken out in an accident and sort of banged up a bit, so she wasn't there oh for God, for the final. Bad. But but I mean, if you if you're gonna suffer an accident like that. What better way to forget about your injuries than to have your teammate win? Yeah, that accident was really scary, and I want to have a big shout out to Megan Guarnier, who last last week had been in one Strade Bianchi, and mm. this week had, she basically fell off the road and was in the ditch, and it looked really, really frightening. And, yeah, and she yeah. tweeted this morning that you know she's okay, she just has to recover, and you know lots of love to to Megan. And we were talking about this because you know B- um, Billy, her husband, was saying that last week he must have been you know jumping up and down and cheering at the computer. Mm. And this week, that must be agony to watch. We said that last week about watching. And this is the downside, I guess, of being able to watch the races for women's sport live. Because, like, you know, all of Lauren's family seeing that video, you know, like, yeah. like, like it's yeah. just really super scary. And, yeah. So, anyway, the results, Ronda Van Drenthe, Yolene Dora winning um, her first Road World Cup to go with the first two Track World Cups she won in the, this season. Amy Peters in second, and that was great because Amy had done the chase back. And while we were saying they were you know, playing games and stuff, she still had to ride to get back. And she also still had to make the choice to ride to pull that group back and to take up the energy. You know, so congr- I'm really pleased she came second. And Ellen Van Dyke of Bowles Dolmans in third. So you know, you can say out of the four teams that got away, well, you know, didn't work in the break. Well, two of them had results. Um, fourth, Lizinda Brown. Fifth, Chloe. Sixth, Tiff Cromwell. Seventh, Lizzie Armitstead. Eighth, Emma Johansson. Nine, Marta Tagliaferro of Ale. And tenth, Barbara Gurishi. So yeah, um, yeah. I think um, Ellen said in her her thing that she was supposed to be leading out for Lizzie, but but they lost each other in the kind of, bun- in the bunch sprints. So she just, mm. you know, she's saying, well, it wasn't the greatest result for the team, but it was a good result for herself. So, you know, and, and there were some nice Ellen moments in that race, as there always are. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, it was a, it, but it was a great race, and, and just, yeah, I... I I was literally just laughing with delight by the end. Um, yeah, you know, just that it was perfect for me to have that. I just want something unexpected, and then then something that I don't think either of us would have predicted 
yeah. sort of sort of happened and and I was just like, yes, that's that's all right. I forgive everyone now. <laughs> Which is so much fun. Um, and there's two reasons to love it, especially for Yolene. One is she was 25 yesterday. That was her 25th birthday, um, you know, which was great. Which and- is insane. How, how's that to win your, your first World Cup on your on your birthday? Yeah. And I uh, think- just, yeah. And I kind of feel like that might be one of the reasons why Wiggle Honda were going for it because although I mean although Georgia had was was back there, um, mm. you know she she had said um, although she won Drenta, oh, she said she's not feeling particularly well. She's hurt her wrist and she's you know she's just not she's not feeling at her best at the moment. So you know that was that's kind of um, it, it's nice for it, it's good for it's kind of good for the team that, that they've got someone else. But, you know, but you're like, yeah, all of these things that I was saying about, oh, well, how are they going to work? And there's a really nice thing at the end because you could see Audrey Cordon and Elisa Longo-Borghini crossing the line. I think, where were they? They were down in... in oh, 25th and 20, 24th and 25th. And you could see them going absolutely crazy on their bikes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there's that beautiful moment, like um, over the line, where all of the team catch up to to Yolene and are just sort of all standing around hugging and crying and going happy birthday over and over and over again. I knew you could do it. I knew you could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, the reason why it was really interesting for Yolene to win, I mean, obviously, obviously we talked about the Belgian effect, but she had just published a piece on anorexia on noiseblad.bae. Um, she's got a column that she does there that's that's like that's like a little interview column where she's doing interviews. And so this week was a piece on anorexia in the peloton, and mm. it's really, really important for cyclists to talk about this. And we've talked before about how women have more of a cultural narrative, a cultural framework to be able to talk about this. So I don't think that this is a specifically women's issue, but there are issues about, you know, how prevalent it is in, in the culture about, about skinniness and how the sport just throws, throws things in. But um, yeah. she's saying, as a sprinter, I have to watch my weight, but if I have a tequila or two extra, that's not a disaster. Unfortunately, I do not think all my colleagues in the peloton see it that way. Um, a new evil's looming around the corner, anorexia, the name alone makes me shudder. Um, and she's talking about, I see girls, fellow riders, starve to fly up the hill, but after the hill, they're completely exhausted. Um, mm, mm. But but what are the limits? What's the way back? Is it better to you know keep the personal? Is it better to keep the personal data of riders in addition to tr- traditional doping controls? You know, weekly or monthly checks. It's a small effort, but but this could be a slow salvation. And one of the things she says that really made me sad, like really made me sad, was. Um, let me just translate it into English. Da, 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 da. Sorry, my hold music is terrible, isn't it? <laughs> it's some of the worst hold music I've ever heard. Yeah. I so, mean. So, so, so I see some girls, fellow riders, starve to get up the mountains, but after the hill they're completely exhausted. But you can see it on the rest of the ride. How could it be anywhere other way without fuel and barely 40 pounds um, on the bike? Um, well, you know, eat a sugar waffle, the tea management calls to them. Thankfully, they take it. They tear open the package, put it to their lips, but they don't bite. You know, once the car's gone, they throw away the waffle and then they hold the empty paper as evidence. So at breakfast, I see the same thing happening. I see them hide, cautiously hide oatmeal under a napkin. They take fruit to eat later on. There are days I can't stand this anymore. You know, carefully, I try to establish a conversation with one of them. But no, I can't. Um, as soon as I start, they say, I've got a problem. Give me a break. And they believe it. They see themselves as fit climbers who must conquer the hills as soon as possible. Each gram of muscle or fat is perceived as ballast. Um, that's yeah. my very bad translation of Google Translate. She's much more eloquent in the actual Dutch. So yeah, 
Sure, sure. But I, as you say, I think it's incredibly important that we hear more and more from writers on these issues. Yeah. Um, and we question that culture. You know, as you say, there's a real insidiousness about the the kind of, you know, the the quickest way to, to gain speed in climbing is to is to shed weight you know and it's yeah it's just i think it's good that we're increasing awareness of these sorts of issues but it's also amazing you know from from yolene who is only 25 that she's you know offering these sorts of thoughtful and nuanced considered views on things and and winning world cups all in the same week it's like when (laughs) When I was 25, I was not doing either of those things. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, yeah. think, I think the other thing about it is that she's saying this and she's talking about riders she rides with and riders she obviously knows and, you know, maybe teammates. You know, I mean, I guess you can put two and two together about who she might be talking about and things like that. But, uh, but she's, but, you know, and that's also interesting too because. It's it's there's an it's another form of a murder, and we had I mean it's writers talk about this. So you know we had uh, Miranda Vries uh, put a blog up about this a couple of years ago about riding with other you know with, with watching other riders, and I think it's really important that they don't just you know it's writers who are saying I don't I don't want to sit by and 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 and, and ignore it, and I think actually this is one of those interesting things that I feel like. You know we'll talk about the CIRC report next week and you know doping and stuff like that, but. It makes me more confident, actually, that if riders are willing to talk about things like anorexia, then they'll be willing to talk about things about doping, you know? it's And it's also... Yeah, yeah. Not, well, and, and also, if they're talking about them publicly, then what are they... You know, uh, hopefully that also indicates that privately between each other that they're, they're even, you know, talking more and, and paying more attention to those sorts of things and looking out for each other more, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So back to the Ronda de Bandrenta. So Yolene, so we've done the we've done the results. There's tons of good good. There's tons and tons of video. You can see the full last hour of the race if you haven't seen it. There's loads of highlights videos. Um, Roxanne Knatemann's video of the Rabobank team bus, which was lovely, and uh, yeah, and all sorts of other things. Um, I just want to say about also about Yolene winning. Yolene is a former junior road world champion. Yeah, and at the 2014 Road Worlds, one of the things that was interesting was both, you know, both Pauline Fran-Prevot, who won the road race, and Lisa Brunauer, who won the, she was in this world TTT winning thing, she won the ITT, she was second in the road race. They're both former junior world champs too. Yeah. And so it's nice that, it's nice for Yolene too, you know, like, like we're just seeing this, this, you know, riders who've, you know, you're a junior world champ when you're 18. And when you're 25, you're winning World Cups, you know, and and that's that's really that must make. I, I hope I hope that other other riders who did well in juniors and haven't done the Mariana Voss superstar, you know, tra- tra- trajectory can think of that too. You know, Lisa was 26 last year, and um, Pauline Frampreville I think is 23, and Pauline's different. She's just you know she's a phenom, but not that Lisa isn't. But it's it must be nice, you know, these these are riders who did really well as juniors and took a couple of years, you know, well six years, seven years to yeah. to, to, to get there to the top. So yeah, I like that. It's it's nice. It's 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 good. And so if I was like, for example, Lucy Garner, I'd be thinking, I hope Lucy Garner is thinking, yeah, you know, I don't need to I don't need to rush it. I'll get there, you know, it'll take, I just need to, I just need to wait for a, you know, wait for a few years, and Amelie Dederson. To, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't entirely sure that you weren't just going to say, I hope Lucy Garner's thinking, by God, my birthday's coming up soon. 
so yeah, so um, Drenta, we go from you know, what do you do after? What do you, what do you think they do the day after a World Cup, Dan? Oh, I'll probably have another race, just you know, for shits and giggles. Yeah, that's what they do. We have the third race of the weekend, the Novelon Euro Cup. Um, this is sadly not the five times over the Vanberg it used to, but it's still the same sort of thing. Vanberg cobbles, and it ended up with tons and tons of wind, tons more wind than yesterday actually. So only forty-seven riders finished. And that's because the race was broken up into groups all over the road. And um, mm. there was a breakaway of, first of all, Taylor Wiles of Velocio Sram and Ira Slappendell of Bigler out together, joined by Lucinda Brandt. And it looked like it was going to be them together. But it actually came down to them being caught. Bunch sprint, Kirsten Veeld, revenge on the puncture yesterday by winning the race. Well, if you're going to take revenge, I guess that's the way to do it. Yeah, um, I really yeah. felt I really felt for poor Kirsten yesterday because although she did get back to the group in that bunch of sprint, they had to spend a lot of energy chasing back on, and her high tech team oh, was hell yeah. getting her back. And there. then what was it? A chase for like twenty k's to get back to the third group, and then <laughs> chase another ten k's to get that group back to the bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. It, it was it was a very brutal thing, you know. And um, I think that was my comment at the time was like probably the most untimely puncture of the race. Um, Like, worst possible moment, really, for for Kirsten. So, you know, it is quite nice that she was able to to get back up the next day and and win. Yeah, so she won. um, And uh, with second place, it's... it's, um, Oh, I've lost my... my, It's Chloe Hosking in second and Christine Majerus of Bowles Dormans in third. And... You know, obviously, hurrah for Chloe. She did an enormously yep. good super domestic workout lead out late yesterday. And also hurrah for Christine Majerus because she's been, she's one of those bowls riders. She's always working super hard for her teammates. She's just like always mm. killing it um, selflessly. So it's nice that she gets the results too. And Yeah. Well, uh, holy shit, haven't we all just been so good this last week? Oh, you know, like people were saying, so after the first week, and we were saying that too, like, oh no, it was the first week of classic season, so maybe the first fortnight was all about, yeah, first week was all about um, balls, yeah? Um, mm. and, oh, and, and, and people go, oh yeah, balls are too dominant already um, before this race. Now, so just just wait till the end of Drenta because, you know, it, it'll 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 be different you know what i mean like yeah like yeah there's more there's more to see so we started yeah. off with balls now we've got wiggle but also so many other riders and teams doing really really well and you know and it's it's yeah it's i'm excited i am excited by the season i'm also excited because these are names on the podium who yeah of course you have your um you know of course you have your bronzinis and your van vlertens on the podium and and things but it's nice to have you know to have riders like scandalara and uh, you know amy peters and and sarah mustinen and you know julian and christine mayoris all on the podium mm. too that's that's really 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 good fun for me i i'm enjoying i am enjoying the classic season Oh, absolutely. Uh, I love this time of year because it is, you know, like as we've discussed before, the classics are a singular style of racing, but there's Mm -hmm. so much variety within them and there's so many different ways for races to play out. It's always exciting and interesting to see what happens. And it's also, you know, I think because it is the start of the season, it's that time when we're finding out who everyone is this year and and how they're going to fit into their new team roles or or whatever. Um, it's, It's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So ne up, coming up next, uh, next weekend we've got Cholet Pays de Loire, which is a 1.2 race, which is part of the Coupe de France, the France Cup. So I'm not sure who's going to be racing there because the weekend after we've got two enormous races on the same day. The Trofeo Alfredo Binder, the climby, beautiful, gorgeous Road World Cup. Just, I love that race so much. And although, st if you don't have your VPNs sorted out, your Ola, your Tunnel Bear, things like that, then get it now because Binder is usually streamed live by... Um, by Rice Sport too, yeah, and Italian racing streaming is always fun. And on the same day as Binder is Hentwevelgem, so you know you're going to have your climbers in one part of the world going crazy, and then on the other side you're going to have your Chloe Hoskins and your Kirsten Fields charging over the cobbles. It's you know it's going to be a fun, fun, fun weekend. That's the 29th of March. Make sure you're not doing anything but watching women's cycling. Indeed, indeed. What else is there to watch? Well, there's. I mean, honestly, well, like. Well, we do have lots of videos. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. Did you like my um, segue then? It was so subtle, I barely noticed it. Yeah, do, videos that I think you should watch this week. Um, there's been some really Manon Carpenter that moving to mountain bike. Manon Carpenter last year took this huge step up. A young mountain bike rider won mountain bike world champs, and there's a really nice little profile of her by her team Madison Saracen. And it includes footage of her riding in a skate park, which is brilliant. Like just basically hitting all the skate jumps, skate park jumps, and also riding on the South Wales downhill trails. But she's so down to earth and funny and lovely. And she goes, "Yeah, people are saying it's going to be really hard because I won so much last year, but I always want to win more." This <laughs> <laughs> won't be happening until she's literally run all the races in a single season. All of them. Yeah, yes, and all. so she's really sweet and lovely. I really recommend it. Um, and moving back down to Australia and to uh, to BMX, um, your favourite and mine, Caroline Buchanan, the Aussie Aussie BMX superstar. She's just launched. Um, she's her her bike company have launched a series of balance bikes for kids. They wanted to do a bike with her, and they said, "Well, what kind of bike do you want to do?" And she wanted to do a balance bike for kids. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, won't someone please think of the children? This woman's tempting all sorts of kids at various ages and stages of development you know, into the, one of the most dangerous sports in the world. Do you know, do you know, Rep, do you know BMX World Champs has 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 races for fight for three-year-olds and five-year-olds? And so they have little balance bike races at World Champs level because, you know, because actually, and so, yeah, so if you ever, if you're in Australia and you want a balance bike, buy Caribbean Cannons, but, but watching her on, and she's standing there on this like breakfast TV show and she goes, and she goes, and the guys go, it's really sturdy. She went, yeah, yeah, I've had a go on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. And it's the same fluoro yellow that her bike is and she's just such an adorable charming person you know she's a real kind of, she's great you know she describes herself i'm a bit of a mongrel you know and you're like she's just yeah. she's adorable so i recommend watching that too awesome and um yeah and if you if that's not enough bicycling for you the british if you're british and you want to see or you have access to british dvd or you can download anyway make sure you buy the bicycle film i don't know what it's called I never know if it's called bicycle or the bicycle film but about the cycling in Britain, because that's really lovely too. So, yeah, so um, nice things to watch. But, yeah, if you haven't watched the Ronda Van Drenta, or hell, if you watched it, watch it again, goddammit. It's all on video, it's all on YouTube. And we'll put links to everything on our blog, prowomenscycling.com.
Indeed. And um, if you would like to, to excoriate or castigate either Sarah or myself, um, we prefer Twitter for all of our abuse. So um, hurl away. Uh, Sarah is at underscore pigeons underscore. And I am at underscore pigeons dot underscore. <laughs> so send all your abuse that way. You know what? I actually did have my first men's rights activist moment on Twitter this week. Really? Yeah, I was I was No I was talking about the I was talking about the CIRC report, which we'll talk about in more detail next week. And one of this is this aside talking about sexual abuse of riders, um sexual exploitation of riders. And I was like, Why is no one talking about this? And Stuart um tweeted, Yeah, as, as Pigeon says, why why is no one talking about this? And Joe Papp, who's a former American cyclist, most famous for selling a lot of people EPO and being unrepentant about doping and <laughs> selling doping, replies back so, with, "Yeah, so he's you know, so you can tell what kind of man that is." Replied with, "Someone, a, someone of, of clear and distinct character, you know, shall we say?" He he tweeted back with, "Um, yeah, I'm sure Jessica Valenti will make that her gender war article of the week on the Guardian." I'm like. What the actual fuck? You're you're literally people are saying, why aren't people talking? You know, your response to the sexual abuse of cycling is to kind of talk about gender war, as in a you know kind of no, wow. not, and not even like wow. not even like yeah this is yeah this is kind of shows that there really is a gender war no and to just randomly bitch after Jessica Valenti, a completely unrelated journalist. So yes, I use my block button. So, so, so it's it's entirely possible that, that Joe was um, tweeting with his own agenda there, maybe. Oh my god! <laughs> I just I, you know when you have one of those moments where you're like, did, did that did that just happen? So it's like I, yeah. I, I think we may be having you know very British. I think we might be having a cultural difference because it sounds like. You, you know, your response to, 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 British, you know, to, to, to women, to this. Is, and again, back again, yeah, yeah, but, you know, uh, there's no point, there's no point being, there's no point saying, you know, condemning sexual abuse, because that just goes without saying. It's like condemning murder. And you're like, yeah, I, no, no, yeah, just, yeah, yeah no. no. Incorrect, incorrect. I still yeah. feel like it's worthwhile every now and then saying that I am against murder generally, except yeah. for the people on my list. So. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Yes. So come and talk to us because after that exchange, anything time you tell us we're wrong, <laughs> Dan is. Well, down. not to mention, not to mention which there's there's a whole new raft of of reporting um, tools and things that Twitter are releasing in their effort to actually improve the the ways their service deals with abuse. So, you know, we'll be more than happy to to report your abuse to the proper authorities. <laughs> um, I just want to say thank you to everyone who funds me to do all of this stuff through my Patreon, I'm Patreon slash Women's Cycling if you want to go over there and say hi and yeah, um, tell us what you think um, share anything in the comments, come back next week where we'll have um, a full on, um, we, we won't just be we won't just be depressing, we promise that even though there's only one place, we'll find you a ton of exciting and awesome Women's Cycling news too, so don't think, oh god I can't come back next week, we'll be depressing don't promise too much, jeez Hey, I can Far always out. find you. I bet you I will lay money we'll find something amazing to talk about as well. Well, look, I don't doubt that, but you know, <laughs> once we both put our ranty pants on, it's a little hard <laughs> to, to come back sometimes. Hey, so, Dan, hey, like, Dan, don't, don't overpromise. Well, you know, at least it's not you taking your pants off. Because although it's on the <laughs> internet, there's some mental images people don't need. Um, thank you for I, I don't know. We might be back to me recording at night next week. So. <laughs> 
like us love the Ronda Vandrenta, make sure you tell the Ronda Vandrenta organisers, Arte de Agenda, Teve Oost and NOS.nl uh, how much you loved it too. We'll put links for that on our website. But if you want to go and say thank you to them, that would be great because we've had an amazing week of racing and an amazing chance to see it all. And we're very, very much appreciative. Indeed. Um, thank you for talking and we'll see you next week. Bye.